0: His mistress threatened to take up with a straight-backed Gentile man if he didn't leave his wife. And though the Gospels might say that love was stronger than death, it still remained weaker than German inflation. Kafka and Dora had chased prices up and down Berlin's streets and avenues, but they hadn't caught up with them before Franz had run out of breath. Franz had to return to his bedroom in the family flat in Prague. Here, Brode and he plotted out where he might send the work he'd written in Berlin and so raise enough money that he could escape from his father's house, a horror to which he wouldn't expose Dora, and rejoin his beloved in Germany. This story, Franz said, it was a little woman, will have to hide itself in the world. The others will have an easier time of it, though. Those you'll burn. No, Max said, I won't. He steeled himself. The world he knew would thank him for his great refusal. Max, you're an honest man, and I am proud to call you my dearest friend. I know you can't ignore my dying request. Franz Kafka's dearest friend. Brode felt deeply honored. How could he not do as Franz asked? I most certainly can and will ignore your request, Max said. I won't do it. Franz Kafka's works would be like a well of water for the world, and yes, Max would benefit too. This role, saving Franz's stories, might be the difference between his endless, grinding career and doing something truly worthwhile, something that would be remembered. As if in reply, Kafka described a small revision. He would like made to one of the unpublished, and therefore supposedly to be destroyed, manuscripts. Max felt as though Kafka was teasing him. If so, the activity must give Kafka a little ease, and so, as his closest friend, Broad would simply have to bear it. And strangely, just after Brode had had this thought, Kafka said, Do you think the ebb and flow of pain means the angel of death is playing with me? The way a cat plays with a captured mouse? Cruel, that cat, Brode said, also meaning Kafka cat toward Max Mouse. Cruel, yes, Kafka said, but not malign. The teasing is probably more meant to ease the torment the cat feels than to add to the pain of the mouse. This made Brode sure that Kafka's disease had, if such a thing were possible, increased his sensitivity, allowed him to read Brode's mind even more clearly than he had before, when Kafka had often understood him without Brode's knowing how, and in a way that saw his concerns in their purity, the ambiguous gift of such vision, being that Max's worries, seen that way, became crushing, insoluble burdens, and he could no longer imagine any more what wine he might rightfully drink if there was no one to pray to who might bless it. But why, Broad asked, does the cat need to distract himself from his joy in his meal? Joy? Oh, no. Cats loathe having to earn their wages by killing mice, who in themselves are not only living beings like the cat, but in addition have for them the thoroughly bitter taste of the cat's servitude. How awful for the both of them, then. Worse for the mouse. Yes, it's about to die. Max had lost track for a moment which of the two of them was the rodent. Not only that, the mouse must forgive the cat his death as well. After all, by hunting and eating mice, the cat is doing what it must to get a place indoors. Cats seem so sublimely indifferent to everyone, only so they might bear, with dignity, their sense of the depth of this degrading slavery. And the angel of death? He's just like the cat. He does his master's bidding, but he hates his work. Who else would God have chosen for the task? If he employed an angel who rejoiced in vengeance, humanity wouldn't have lasted an instant. Instead, God chose an angel of the greatest...